Pollock trying to steer around. Picked off center. They score! Feather back over to Manny. Splits the defense. His shot. He scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington. Hard collision. BL centering feed. They score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Welcome to another edition of Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here, the voice of the Barracuda, alongside marketing manager Joey Goldstein. The Barracuda are on the ropes. It's a decisive game number four coming up on Wednesday night at the SAP Center. San Jose came back to the tank, really riding high. They had picked up a game two victory. They evened up the series. They flipped home ice back in their favor. And I thought the way they played in the first two games, there was no doubt they were kind of come out firing and probably taking advantage in this series. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. They got an early goal and then had it a race quickly, or rather late in the first. But after that point, it was really all San Diego um, looking at the numbers, this was San Jose's, you know, really their worst effort so far in this series. Kind of a disappointing result, but now they've got themselves against the wall, and they're, they're in a must-win situation tomorrow night. Yeah, the first two games in San Diego, hands down, San Jose was the better team. Obviously, game one, it's a little unfortunate. You you have a three-goal lead, and you, you lose that, and then you go up 5-3, and then you lose that, and then to have the kind of controversial call in overtime, uh, it's obviously just kind of a, a tough break, and that's just kind of the way it is. Uh, but I did think that San Jose was a stronger team in that game. Obviously, they chase uh, Boyle pretty early and, and get to Jeff Glass, and they kind of keep things interesting with him as well. Game two, they come goals come back to Jeff Glass, and the Barracuda pick up right where they left off and keep that pressure up, and they dominated all game two. Uh, so, yeah, to see them come out kind of, I don't know, flat, lethargic, just it didn't seem like everybody was – was amped up for a game three uh and really I mean that's that's like the biggest game of the series right there uh to to this point obviously so to to kind of come out and it didn't seem like everybody had that same playoff intensity maybe uh, seemed like what maybe half the roster kind of came out with that fire and passion uh so you, you look to you know come in here on Wednesday and you know, hopefully see that, that bounce-back effort. Yeah, the one line that gave you production was probably the most unlikely of lines. You know, Matt Fontaine, John Martin, and Maxime Latunov. Martin gets two goals. Fontaine with a couple of assists on Fontaine, by the way, since he's been in the lineup for game two and three, he's been, I, thought, I think he's been amazing. Yeah, he's Maybe, been really Arguably good. the best player on the ice. Well, I spoke to, you know, head coach Roy Sommer before yesterday's game, and I asked him what he thought of Fontaine's game in game number two. Of course, Fonts was left out of the lineup in game one. Antti Suomela suffered an injury in game one. That allowed for Fontaine to get in the lineup and played really, really well in game two, earned himself another start, and he picks up two more assists. He's got three points now mm-hmm. in just two games. Like you said, he's been very effective. And a guy who's, you know, kind of forged a career in the postseason. Last year he had a great run with the Everett Silvertips. Um, you know, maybe earned himself a contract before that, but certainly solidified himself as – you know, a future pro with the way he played last year in the postseason. Uh, picked up really right where he left off from his junior career. He has been excellent um, so far in the two games. It reminds me a lot of the way Colin Blackwell played when, when he was here. He's not, you know, he's not going to wow you in, in any area of the game, but he's a very reliable player. He's going to kill penalties for you. He's going to be pesky. He can move his feet. He's quick. He'll get in on the four check and, and disrupt some plays. I see a lot of Colin Blackwell. The biggest difference, I think, is Black, he probably threw his weighed around a little bit more than and really cannonballed into people in the, along the boards, which Fonts really doesn't do, but he doesn't have to do that. 
Uh, but I think he's been really good and it's helped spark that fourth line, which which you said is has been the best one, which is also kind of it's it's not I wouldn't say relieving, but if the if you know your third and fourth lines are the ones carrying you here in round one, that means at some point lines one and two are going to get going, and when they do. And like I said, I think we've been the better team so far in this series with the exception of uh, last night's game. So if everything, everything clicks and we play our game, there's no reason we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't do well against this team on Wednesday. I think that was the frustration, you know, among the coaches and for the players as you look back at the tape is the fact that San Jose, you know, they almost got in their own way yesterday. It mm-hmm. wasn't anything that San Diego did that was the result in the final score. It was the fact that San Jose who's been, you know, they began to tighten everything up from a defensive standpoint, running the system, you know, at the end of the year and got back to kind of their bread and butter that they found success early in the season. They almost got away from it again, you know, last night. Everything kind of loosened yeah, up. Yeah, the four-check, the four which is what they kind of pride themselves on, wasn't great yesterday. The breakouts didn't didn't have a lot to them, so it's that seemed like the, you know, the, the, the big issue. That seems what's resonated most with people uh, after last night's game was that that just really that wasn't there and you're right it's not anything San Diego's doing differently it's just and for and for you know as as maybe as poorly as they came out and played yesterday I mean it was a 3-2 game for a long time the game was right there so it's not like that it's it's also promising to know that like even if you didn't come out with your A game you can still keep that game real close and we talked about a little bit I think a couple more shots on net glass isn't the sturdiest goalie yeah. A couple more shots on net. You, you get some guys in front of his face. There are a lot of rebounds to be had there. Yeah, he was shaky in the first two periods. There's no doubt. San Jose, through the first you know, two periods of the hockey game, had just 13 combined shots. They had generated two goals. They were putting pucks on net from distance and not in high volume, but Glass was having trouble with him. His mm-hmm. rebound control was shaky. You know, He really didn't uh, secure the puck on a consistent basis. And I was kind of saying throughout the broadcast, start just throwing pucks on the net because this guy is not – quite you know locked in in his a game now he settled into the third period made some really really good saves Mm -hmm. maybe saved the game late with a brilliant stop um I forget who we robbed just off the top of my head, but I know he had a late one against Gambrell. Yeah, made a great Gambrell save. was a big one. Um, but there's one even before that in which San Jose was right down by slot. just a goal. Yeah, yeah it was uh, VL all by himself yeah. in the slot, and I think VL just put it off his shoulder, like just yeah, missing. Yeah, excellent save. Perron had a nice uh, kind of one-on-one chance with him, and he put it over the crossbar. So I mean, yep. there's, the chances were there, but it seemed like it just it happened too late. Yeah, and you need that consistency earlier in the game. Yeah, and there, and as you kind of spoke to, we we spoke off air earlier today. There was just I don't know what it was. It was a weird vibe to the game. I don't know if it wasn't didn't have a playoff feel, but there was certainly a vanilla um, kind of sense yeah. to the hockey game. Where and it wasn't just it wasn't just from the Barracuda side either. The San Diego side didn't like no like the for the through the first ten minutes, there was just no jump yeah. on either end. There was nothing, and it seemed like. Part of it is because it's a game three. This it's in a five game series. This is a huge game, and nobody wants to make that big mistake. So it's a lot of playing it safe. But yeah, it just didn't have that that vibe. No, neither team had the jump. The energy in the building was was decent yeah, for the most crowd. part. I mean, we had you know lots. Of, I mean, we had probably close to four thousand people, if not more, in the building. Um, so I mean, the energy in the crowd was good, but obviously. It, just as the players feed off the crowd, the crowd kind of feeds off the play of the game. And if the pace of play is a little bit slower, then it kind of takes the crowd out of it a little bit. But, um, yeah, overall, I, I would expect you to see a night and day contrast between what we saw on Monday and what we're going to see tomorrow night. Yep. 
I agree. And, but what San Jose's done a great job of, and the fact they're in a, you know, uh, behind a game in this series now, uh, down 2-1 in this series, they've scored the first goal in every mm-hmm. single game. And during the regular season, that was almost a guaranteed recipe for a win. I mean, they were over a 750 winning percentage, one of the best teams in the AHL in scoring the game's first goal. But for whatever reason so far in this series, and give San Diego credit, they've been persistent. They haven't wavered despite, you know, falling into an yep. early deficit. Um, but, I mean, if you're head coach Roy Sommer, that's certainly a positive to look at. It's just the result has been a bit frustrating. Yeah, until last night, the San Diego hasn't had a lead in regulation in this entire series. So until that happened last night, it's, you know, like I said, everything's kind of been in your favor. So it, it's it's there for the taking. They just got to go out and play their game. And I, like I said, as, as as good as the team as San Diego may be on paper, San Jose just has it all put together. And, and if they play their game, they're a much better team. Well, so far, I mean, certainly it's been a very competitive series. And what we kind of expected, the way San Jose was wrapping up the season against the goals was kind of an intriguing, you know, matchup for this because the goals really had San Jose's number early in the season. And Barracuda, I think, took three or four to wrap up the regular season, including winning a couple on the road. And that's kind of what this series has been. It's been very competitive. But what surprised me, I think, about yesterday's game as we go back to the kind of lack of energy was how heated things ended in game number two with mm-hmm. all those penalty minutes at yeah. the end. You've got goals fans throwing beers on the ice and throwing little plastic whacker things in the ice and trying to joust with players as the Barracuda players were making their way off the ice. You just thought that would carry over the energy. Yeah, a little bit would, more bad blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I even heard from um, goals head coach Dallas Eakins. He was in the in the, the press room prior to the, the game yesterday, you know, several hours before, and, you know, conversations just kind of sparked. And, um, it got brought up on the rivalry, and he's, he was talking about this is just not the heated type of rivalry, San Jose and San Diego, that maybe the goals would run into with a Bakersfield team or an Ontario. Yeah. He, he specifically said those two teams. It's like so, the way our kind of rivalry is with Stockton. Yeah. It's, it's not the same. Maybe it's because we don't see them as much. That could but be part s- of it, too. But, but it's, I thought that was interesting because, you know, these games are always competitive. you got the Ducks and the Sharks affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that these two teams met up in the playoffs a couple years ago, there's a lot of familiar faces still on the San Diego group that we saw a couple years ago. Not a lot left for the Barracuda, of course, the captain, John McCarthy, being kind of the main guy, Jake Middleton, Nick DeSimone, those guys were still here. But, you know, a lot of turnover, I guess maybe that would kind of diminish what the rivalry would be. But I just thought that was interesting, and I don't disagree. There is maybe not that kind of yeah. battle blood that you'd see with, with another rival. Yeah, it's... It is kind of interesting when you think of it. I mean, I've never taken a step back and kind of thought of it that way, but it I mean, it does kind of, you know, it makes a lot of sense. But you know, the beauty of it, at least this first round, is it is best of five, and the Barracuda finish at home, right? So we just the way you got to look at it is you just got to win two games at home back-to-back, which is not a ridiculous feat by any means. The Barracuda have done it numbers of times this season. So, uh, and like I said, the way that they can play – you got to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to go in tomorrow and you've got a game at home, and that's why you play for home ice. Mm-hmm. That's why you're the higher seed. While it may be a little bit discouraging, you start the series on the road. This is why you're the higher seed, and now you get to finish up at home. So San Jose, a really, really good home team during the regular season. The goal is an excellent road team, and they proved that yesterday. But, again, like you mentioned, you got to win one game at a time. You can look at how the Sharks are, are dealing with their mm-hmm. situation. They were down by you know, a 3-1 lead for Vegas. They've stormed back to force a game number seven, and that's why you play the regular season to get home ice advantage because the Sharks tonight will host Vegas in a game number seven. I think that's the Barracuda mindset they've got to go in tomorrow. One game at a time. 
We know we didn't play our best game, yet we barely lost. We had a chance to win that game on Monday. If we bring our A game, we feel confident that we have the ability to win the game. And if you're forced to do a game five, then it's anybody's chance. Right. And, again, you're on home ice, so you would say you'd have the advantage. Yep. Yeah, it'll be as long as, you know, like we said, the, the crowds can keep coming back. But we had Monday can show up here tomorrow. That's going to be huge. Obviously, we've still got the rally towels going and the 20-ounce beer and the hot dog for $5, the parking for four or more. There are tons of ways to get tickets. Uh, we just want to get as many people in the building as possible. We want this to be a tough place to play throughout the postseason. It all starts here in the first round against San Diego. So if you're listening to this, if you're out there, get your tickets, get to the tank, be loud, and make your presence known. Make so, this make this place tough. Some generic notes so far on this series. You mentioned San Jose has scored the first goal on all three games. Well, San Diego has outshot San Jose in every single game. Of course, game one needed overtime to settle it, a game that you're going to look back, hopefully not looking back, and that was the one that got away, and that's the reason mm -hmm. why we didn't get past the first round. But San Diego found a way to win game one. San Jose flipped home ice back of their advantage in game two. Didn't bring their A game in game three. Now it's time to kind of reset. And you still got life here. You just need a win mm -hmm. to force a game number five um, on Wednesday. Or that would be on Thursday. So We want to buzz around the rest of the league real quick. Let's buzz around hit, the rest hit, of the league. a quick, quick note on each of those series. Absolutely. And we made our predictions before the playoffs began. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember what Basically they were. Basically <laughs> blind. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't have a clue, to yeah, be I honest. I don't remember what they were. We don't have the uh, kind of the ability in the AHL. Uh, I mean, we can watch the, uh, the opposing teams, but we just don't see these clubs. I learn all my AHL news through their each team's social media channel. Yeah, yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, every team's social media channel, just as ours, is very biased towards the home <laughs> team. So every time there's a home team, uh, home game, that team is dominating. And any time it's a road game, even if they win, there's still more dominating from the home team. So, so, so far the shocker of the playoffs has been Cleveland and Syracuse. The irony here yeah. is amazing. The fact that Incredible. the fact that Tampa Bay gets swept by Columbus, who is Tampa Bay, you know, they're the top seed in the NHL coming in against probably the lowest possible seed coming in. Now Columbus probably not the matchup Tampa Bay wants when the playoffs open up, but that's what you get. Now you've got Syracuse, Tampa Bay's affiliate, going against Cleveland, Columbus's affiliate. <laughs> and Syracuse is down 0-2, going back to Cleveland, which I believe is tonight. It is tonight. They play tonight. So that this series could end tonight. I mean, it's to think about that is is crazy. And Syracuse, if I'm not mistaken, had the second most points in the AHL this year behind Charlotte. That's correct. So they they're no they're no slouch of a team. So it, I mean, if they get swept too, tough. Tough month of April for the uh, Lightning organization. And, you know, with Syracuse, they've been really a darling of the American League yeah. over the last few years. They made a couple Calder Cup playoff appearances. You know, they continue. You know, it's what Stevie Y did, you know, bringing all that young talent in, and it started with the development at the American Hockey League level. But they've had a lot of success in the postseason, but they're in an 0-2 hole. They lost both games at home. Shifts back to the queue in Cleveland tonight. It should be interesting. Whoa, yeah. Wow, that would be a... Uh, a frustrating and early summer for, for the Tampa Bay yep. Lightning organization. Obviously, you know, even at the AHL level, the entire organization is pushing to win a Stanley Cup. You're also pushing, though, to win a Calder Cup. And if you get blinked by Columbus twice. That's tough. That's tough. It's just that's, that's going to be a big, big yeah. and tough pill to swallow. So that's so far certainly been the shocker uh, in the playoffs thus far. Cleveland with a 2-0 lead. That game set for 4.30 Pacific time. 
at the Quicken Loans Arena in downtown Cleveland. So that should be a pretty good one. Another matchup that's been a you know pretty competitive. Two teams that at you know for most of the season, Grand Rapids and Chicago were the one two teams in the Central Division. Mm -hmm. Well, Grand Rapids completely fell, fell off, off yeah. the map um, at the end of the year. Nearly didn't make the playoffs. Um, they did get in. They took game one. They fell in game two. That series tied at 1-1, shifts back to Grand Rapids at the Van Andel Arena tonight, uh, 4 o'clock puck drop in that one. They took game one, and they took game one convincingly, if I am not I mistaken. I believe it was 5-1. Yeah, like they, they handily won that Chicago team. as no slouch. They got Daniel Carr, who is the league MVP this year. They got some great goaltending there. They've, they've done pretty well for themselves. So that's, that's a series where, obviously, if Grand Rapids just kind of flipped that switch for a playoff time, should go five games, and it's going to be ultra-competitive. Um, I'm pretty sure I picked Chicago here, just given the way that I believe. Rapids, yeah, I, yeah, think I think we, we both did. On this. Um, but I don't think either of us picked to go five games. So, that's but gonna... you know, for our credit, because we're you know we we're saying we went into this blind, we have no clue which we didn't. Yeah. If you looked at the NHL, I don't oh, think anybody's getting busted. right. Oh, so no, no, no one, no, no one's no. truly an expert. No, no, no. You know, um, we're far from it. But it, it's just that's the reason why we play the games. That's why this resolution. year is so fun. My New Year's resolution. What's that? To be better <laughs> at overall AHL knowledge next year. Well, I was outside just, of the Pacific, I guess outside of the West. To change topics, but kind of stay within the same realm. You know, it's it's draft season for the NFL. NFL draft is coming yeah, up this well, weekend, and I was just hearing big for me. I love the NFL draft. A Hall of Fame GM, Bill Polian, talk about the the you know the success rate of a successful general manager. Success rate is just above about a five fifty. You know, success rate on whether you've got a player that's a player or a bust. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, predictions are the same type of thing. It's like batting average, right? Sure. Hall of Fame baseball sure. players at a 300 batting yeah, average. Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> Just saying. There's no way to know. That's uh, why they play the games. That's what makes it so uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, All right, what's the next Okay, series? let's so go to the next year. So we got a traditional team in the American League, Hershey and Bridgeport. Bridgeport had a great regular season. Um, got in the playoffs. That series is tied at one game apiece in Hershey tonight. Four o'clock puck drop in that one. I know nothing about no, this nothing series. Either. Nothing either. about it. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to lie about it. Yeah. It's just to be I don't want to sugarcoat it. I know Bridgeport's been pretty good uh, all year long. Obviously, I kind of keep rough tabs on them just because my hometown in Worcester, they're the ECHL affiliate of Bridgeport, so I do see some up and down transactional stuff here and there, and I know they've been pretty successful. Um, but Hershey's kind of a – they're always in the mix, so um, I, don't, I, I don't know enough about it to make it real educated guests or offer any true analysis. And in the regular season, they finished, they were separated by a single point. Bridgeport yeah. at 95 points. That's Hershey a tight 94, one. Um, tied at 1-1. One, one. No surprise there. We'll move on because we don't have a clue. Um, and on to the next game. Back to the Central Division. Iowa got a lot of help with the regular season, with Minnesota not making the playoffs. Iowa might be the team to beat in the West. Given how good their goaltending can be with Kakinen. And given that first line of Donato, Greenway, and Coonan, that's an NHL line. Those are three guys who sh should still be playing in the NHL if the while they're in the playoffs. But that, that, that line dominates when they're on the ice. That's good. They're going to be tough to beat. They, I mean, they dominated game one. They won 7-1 to one. And against I think, a good Milwaukee team. So I believe um, playing in this series right now is actually Andrew Hammond. I think Kakinen... He's backing up the veteran Hammond, if I'm really? not mistaken. Um, in, in, but it was a dominating game number one. Um, yeah, Hammond is 1-0 is so far in the playoffs. So uh, Interesting. Yeah. 
So, it, it, I mean, he's the veteran guy, Kakanen, and a young player. You know, originally the, the mindset was in Minnesota because we played those guys a couple times, and I was speaking to some of the, some of the people that are working with the organization. Hammond was kind of the guy they brought in as a veteran. Kakanen, being the young player, was expected to, you know, kind of work his way into the North American game. Well, he hit the uh, hit, uh, I guess, hit the ice running because he came off uh, and out of the gates um, red hot, was an all-star, but uh, Hammond so far – um, the guy given that uh, game one start. So we've got uh, that series at one nothing, um, dominating opening uh, opening game game two in Iowa tonight between the the Admirals. Troy Grosnick, I believe, got the start in game one. Yeah, was got cold. chased. They're uh, in there, which is like I said, it's surprising. Their goaltending has been really, really good through this stretch here as they push towards the playoffs. So it was interesting to see that they just were completely overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, you know, this was a good Iowa team mm-hmm. until they hit, you know, a late season skid. Um, there was some thoughts maybe they wouldn't get in the playoffs they get into. last year. Yep. They had that disastrous collapse. Um, but you just mentioned it. I mean, the, the Greenways, the Donatos, those are, you know, NHL quality players, young NHL quality players um, who, you know, played uh, – Greenway played in the Olympics. Uh, Donato play in the Olympics as Greenway well. Greenway and Donato, both of them Both did. with Johnny Mack for Team USA last year and uh, Pyeongchang. So they've got some international experience as well. But most uh, most of the year they've been up. Of course, Donato was with Boston, came over in a trade Greenway, mm-hmm. um, a Minnesota draft pick uh, who spent a short period of time down in Iowa, had a hat trick earlier this mm-hmm. year, I remember seeing. So he's a big power forward, big boost in their lineup, and uh, that's a good start for, for Iowa. This is their first postseason appearance in franchise history. Series that we know a lot about. Tied at 1-1, heading back to California. Bakersfield takes game one. 3-2 was the score in game number one. Colorado responds with a 4-1 victory. Andrew Agazino with a hat trick in game number two. And in game one, you know, from all indications, Colorado had a real chance to win that hockey game. Yeah. I believe they had a goal wave yeah, off. This, hey, this is, yeah, this is another series, like I said, and I mean, in ours it could easily be Two, two nothing coming into the last night's game. This Colorado Bakersfield series could very easily be two nothing in Colorado's favor coming into Bakersfield tonight, because they did they had they had uh, they might have two goals waved off in that uh, Col- that game one and game two they came out buzzing again and were really really good. So um, I was a little I remember we made the predictions I was a little bit shaky on Colorado pushing Bakersfield. I would have felt. Like I still stand by. I would have felt a little bit more comfortable if it was Tucson uh, knocking them out, but I still stand by. There's a, I, it could, certainly possible that Bakersfield doesn't get out of round one because Colorado's giving them fits. This is a good Bakersfield team during the uh, regular season at home. They had a 662 winning percentage. Only Colorado and San Jose had better home winning percentages, but that's a really tough Colorado team to beat in their bar. Now mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting on what type of performance they can put together in Bakersfield. I expect that building to be buzzing. Uh, it's a tough, uh, and it can be t- when they have 6,000, 7,000 people there, it's tough to play. And they've been waiting for postseason hockey since they joined the American League. This is their first appearance, so they'll have their first home game in the mm-hmm. American Hockey League. They've been prepping for this all year, and of course they went on that long regular season run, which almost guaranteed them that they were going to get into the playoffs and kind of prepped everybody for, you know, the extended, uh, I guess, second uh, part of the season. So that should be a really good hockey game. I think whoever wins this game, obviously, in a best of five, puts yourself yeah. in a really good spot. But if Colorado can steal one tonight, you think they're, you know, they're starting to turn the gears a little yeah. bit on, on, on Bakersfield. So tonight's going to be, I think, uh, whoever wins tonight is basically going to give themselves a nice clear lane to get to round number two. Yeah. And the winner of that series will take on the winner, of course, between San Jose and uh, San Diego. Yeah. So. 
And then the last series we haven't talked about, I believe, is Rochester and Toronto. Rochester and Toronto not playing Toronto's tonight. up 2-0, which is they were the lower seed. So this is a little bit of a surprise given the way Rochester played throughout the year. Um, but I think um, you know, Toronto having won the Calder Cup last year, they've obviously returned a couple guys, some key pieces, guys who know what it takes to win at this time of year. And they've actually they've kind of dominated the series so far which is a little bit unexpected. Like I said, Rochester's been pretty good. They got the Eddie Shore Award winner. Uh, Redmond is the best defenseman in the league this year, and they've got some pretty good talent up front. Um, but I would expect uh, Rochester to bounce back a little bit and make the series interesting. Yeah, 2 nothing in Toronto in that series. One other series, both those uh, Toronto-Rochester tomorrow will play game number three. Charlotte and Providence. So Charlotte That's who another ran away one, huh? with the regular season. Um, 110 points in the regular season. They're tied at 1-1. They took game one, and Providence returned the favor. Which wasn't in, easy. In game number two. Because of the distance between those two clubs, it started in Providence for the first two. Now we'll shift down to Charlotte, yeah, uh, that, North Carolina, for games three, four, and five. That That's game it. one was high scoring. I believe they both, similar to ours, they, I think they had nine total goals, a 5-4 win for Charlotte. But Providence went up, and they went up early. Uh, just kind of let Charlotte crawl back into it. But then... Providence won game two, so Charlotte seems beatable. And if, I mean, I don't know much about Providence really. I know they've got, I know a couple names on that roster, but um, yeah, that'll be an interesting series too. I mean, it's playing in, and I think with it, Bojangles is that what yeah, they play? Bojangles, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, the two game, three games there is going to be tough. Um, I certainly don't know how it'll all shake out, but I like Providence. The way Providence played in the first two is promising. Yep, yeah, they certainly got a good start to it. I know they, uh, they've had some issues um, goaltending-wise, and that's kind of – if they can get the goaltending, they're going to be competitive in that series. I'd expect Charlotte to go back, though, and, and kind of find their groove again. That's yeah. a tough, uh, tough building, as you mentioned, Joey, to play in. They were dominant, dominant uh, throughout the regular season. Again, 110 points. They were 51-17-7-1 during the regular season. That's uh, getting it it's done. Pretty good. So, it's a good hockey team, but as we saw, regular season doesn't always translate to playoff success. Look at the NHL. And uh, with, with Tampa Bay. So um, tomorrow's puck drop scheduled for 7 o'clock. Game number four, this best of five series between the Barracuda and the Goals. It's a winner go home for San Jose. Well, broadcast coverage starting at 7 o'clock on KDOW. You can watch and watch the AHL.com and always the Sharks plus SAP Center app. And, of course, during the playoffs, a special five bucks. Gets you 20-ounce beer and a hot dog, and tickets start as low as 10 bucks. So come out, support the team. The guys need your support, need to get loud, need to be proud, and uh, they feed off that type of stuff. So yeah. hopefully we can extend this to a game five. Yep. Doors open at 6 o'clock. Make sure you get here. Get yourself settled in. Pre-game show will start right around 6.50. So this is it, right? This, could, this Next time we talk to you, this season could be over, but... Let's, we're you know, Cross we're hoping that's not the case. And like I said, I think if San Jose plays their game, there's no reason they shouldn't win tomorrow night. So get get here, be loud, show your support for these guys. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you'll be listening to this hopefully on a Tuesday. So we say go Sharks. Hopefully the Sharks are continuing on as well. I could tell you this, Joey. I grew up a diehard Sharks fan, so very invested in this team every time at this time of year. I did not watch more than two minutes of regulation in game number six. I was too stressed out. Started watching in overtime. I mean, my palms were sweaty. I was shaking. I was pacing. 
it was nice to get that win and okay, force remind a game. Me not, remind <laughs> me not to sit with you and watch the game tonight because no. that's going to be – I don't know. I feel a lot more relief now that we got it back home. I don't yeah, know. I, no, I'm I not do. saying not guaranteeing anything. Just It just felt good to get to game seven. Pretty pretty little interesting tidbit. If the Sharks to advance and we're to advance, there's a chance that both of us end up playing Colorado. That's true. They could be playing the Avalanche, and we could play the Eagles if they get past Bakersfield, which could be a yep. fun for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, it so. would. It would. Um, the Avalanche have already advanced, obviously. Yep. They beat the Calgary Flames, and now the Colorado Eagles would need to upend the higher seeded and the top seed in the Pacific. The Bakersfield Condors, as you mentioned, that series is tied at 1-1. So, again, go to sjbarracuda.com slash tickets to get your tickets today or stop on by the Threat Metrics ticket office here at the SAP Center. Again, tickets starting as low as 10 bucks. Come out and support this group. Playoff hockey, best time of year. Um, and, and give these guys a bit of a boost as we try to continue this season long and force a decisive game number five, which would be scheduled for Thursday at 7 o'clock here at the SAP Center. Joe, anything else? That's it. Thanks go Cuda. Go Cuda. We're wrapping up. It's a quick and easy one this week, and hopefully we're talking to you all next week, and the Barracuda are still playing. For now, we'll say see you. See you.